We've got big local news to highlight Chapter 75 of our podcast. The village of Ben Dagenet is now officially one of the most beautiful villages of France. And my brother John paid us a visit. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Pendagenet is a beautiful village just a few kilometers away from our property. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've always thought it was quite pretty, but it just got classified as one of the most beautiful villages in France. And they've, they've been trying, haven't they? I think this was their third try. And so th- this committee gets together and will take in, um, you know, 15, 16 different candidates and go through all the criteria and the very select criteria, you know, the population, historical monuments, um, you know, the care that the, that the mayor takes in keeping all these things preserved. And they decided this this year, actually July 1st, that Pendejne qualified. Isn't that wonderful? Like that's going to be a big boon to tourism because honestly, people grab this book that we have mm-hmm. and we're perfect examples of it. We look through the book and go, oh, that's that's within driving distance. <laughs> yeah. The most beautiful villages of France book. And uh, I think I, a lot of tourists do the same thing. Yeah, probably. And there's a, a really big concentration in our area because I think it turns out that medieval towns, you know, have such character and such beauty and such history that they get put on the list. And we are right in the middle of the largest population of most beautiful villages of France. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we still have quite a few to cover. And I guess that's that's because this is the area of France that's... Uh, the most medieval, would that be a good way of putting it, uh, where a lot of the medieval activity took place? Yes, yeah. A, 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 there was a, a lot of activity between Dordogne mm-hmm. and um, and the Pyrenees. Um, there's a massive amount of Bastide villages. Yeah, and uh, we have been fortunate enough to see many of them, but still, we got... <laughs> quite a few more to go. Quite a few more to go. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is you don't get that for life. You don't get that classification for life. Oh, you have to keep it up. You have to keep it up. Oh, they review every six years. So if you put up a, you know, a, a really ugly building, you might lose your classification. Yeah. And and so you should. Like it, it shouldn't be, okay, our job here is done. It yeah. shouldn't be that. You, know, yeah, you no. should be able to maintain it. Yep. So, yeah, c- congratulations, Pen Dagenet. Yeah, congratulations. That'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the signage now that goes up. Well, it's already on their on their Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess <laughs> they have that logo. Plus yeah. beau village. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> they're they're taking the ball and running with it. Good for them, because that that really will be a uh, uh, they'll they'll see a noticeable uptick in their. Uh, well, I think all tourism. the all the restaurateurs and there are quite well, a few thrilled. really lovely restaurants yeah. are probably doing a little happy dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So my brother uh, just, uh, you know, he he's visiting and uh, we didn't get off to a very good start. Well, no, you left for Paris because you were going to join him and have a couple of boys days in Paris and you get there. Did I like did I like kick a puppy in another life because <laughs> I got sick like big time on the. Duro cruise. Yeah, something different though on on the Duro. Yeah, I was just getting through my meds on that, and I get to Paris, and I get there the night before John arrives, mm-hmm. 
and I wake up in the morning and I've got uh, you know the Montezuma's revenge. Yeah, and but, you're just and you're not feeling well at all. Well, that's because three days before I went there, I got this lower intestinal attack. Mm-hmm. I got issues down there. I don't want to get into it, but... You got issues up there, too. Oh, I got issues everywhere. <laughs> what a mess. Man, when you hit 60, <laughs> look out. So, uh, I John arrives. Uh, we go for, like, one lunch, and then I am bedridden the entire time. You've, you've been spending a lot of time inside hotel rooms and yeah. boats. <laughs> boats. Anyway, poor John, he's got to sort of navigate Paris by himself, but he's he's got the demeanor that really allows for that. He looks forward oh. to kind of adventure. And yeah, that he's kind of... so easygoing, you know, he like some, something pops up and, and he just rolls with the punches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, just like his brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh-uh. so that was, and then we had to take the train back and, and then I went right to the hospital the next day and got a... Not a not a good uh, diagnosis here, and it's still things that I have to deal with. Um, but uh, you know, we were, and then I'm bedridden here for a day or so, yeah. while you and and were basically entertaining John. Yeah, so. I, I had a great time. We we managed to you know take in some some forest walks, and yeah. we went to to visit uh, Pendagenet, and we had you know we had some some good some good moments. So I go to the hospital and uh, I'm there for like the entire morning. They run a battery of tests. And as I said, I've got some things to deal with here down the road. But uh, I get out of the hospital and they give me this list of foods that I can have and a list of foods that I can't have. And holy hell, the list of foods that I could not have. Mm You had to have very, very bland food. Bland. Like no, no, no fat. Yeah. No oil. Yeah. So everything has to be prepared very, very um, cleanly. Yeah. Um, no fruits, no vegetables. Pretty much, it was like dust. Yeah. You know, like I could have a piece of fish, but it couldn't be cooked in butter or oil. Yippee! Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> and you know, no, obviously, no alcohol, no coffee. So I haven't, I haven't had coffee in over a week. That's surprising. I'm 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 surprised you don't have a massive headache because you love your coffee. Well, I did for the first three or four days. Yeah. But now I guess my body's climatized to it. So I get to the restaurant and they're so sweet. We were actually in Pendagenet at Perigot. And uh, John and Julie are there and I take my taxi over the Perigot. And, uh, <laughs> With your medical bracelet on the hospital bracelet. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and, you know, big gauze and the whole business. And, Who's this? Some <laughs> war veteran. So I, you know, I get uh, I get seated and, and she comes over and I said, I've got some restrictions. And she sees that, that I'm looking at the list and she's, let me, let me see. And she's reading down the list. She's, there's nothing she can serve you, really. She's, she's kind of going, I, I don't know what you can eat, even, not only here, but anywhere. You know, she's funny. But she says, let me see what I can do. Uh, so... We settled on mini boiled potatoes <laughs> and uh, uh, a pavé. Unseasoned fish. A thing of a fillet of unseasoned fish. And of course, they, you know, they bring it and it's got, uh, it's the fish in the middle and then a little circle of these potatoes. And the waitress, <laughs> when she brought this 
this played over. I'm telling you, we all just died laughing. Well, didn't she, we? she, she yeah, was so disgusted. It was like like she had this ugh. look of she. You know what she had? You know what look she had on her face? As if she knew that a dog had just pissed on my plate, <laughs> and she was passing it to me like, "Ew, you're gonna eat that? Ew." <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, but, but you uh, did eat it, and mm. and you know it. We it turned out to be. A, a nice meal after no, all. No, it was fine. Everything was fine. But what was really strange is when we went to emergency. Right. So this is our first time going to emergency since we've been in France. And we didn't we didn't really know the protocol. So we get we get there bright and early like quarter to 7 and a n- nice young man is at the entrance and he says, "What's your code?" And we said, "What do you mean, what's your code?" He says, "Well, you need to call 15." Dial one five on your cell phone, and the, you will be talking to a doctor. They will assess the situation and will give you a code. So, and I, at the time, you were upset about because we were both thinking, "What? You can't just walk into emergency. You have they, he would not let us in in the can't. door. No, you cannot walk into emergency. You you it's have to mandatory to call." One five, and that's for emergency medical services. Okay, so you you got it. You were all upset, and you dialed one five. Yeah, and I was put through really quite quickly to mm-hmm. a doctor. Okay, who uh, asked for you know your your particulars and then your symptoms and you know how long you've been sick and all the details, and he said, "Fine, your code is like four zero. Okay, great. So we go back to the front door." Young man is there. I say our code is four zero. That's great. Come on in. <laughs> and then we actually sat there for quite a while, and we were the only ones there. I don't know why we were there for quite a well, while. Well, I think we were there before the medical staff got in. Uh, okay. Right? Well, it, it, it's quarter to seven. Yeah, it makes sense because uh, when we went to check in, uh, there was nobody, and by the time I got called in, the place was just a beehive of activity. Right. So yeah. I think timing had something but to one, do with that. Once I was in there, man, they they ran the battery of tests. They put me on a drip because I really lost a lot of important fluids and needed those electrolytes. Yeah. And uh, they had blood tests. They did uh, scan, they, all kinds of things, and came up with their conclusion. And off I went. So in in the end, and overall, it was a pretty good experience. And you know, my brother made an interesting point about the dialing fifteen because we thought that was ridiculous. Well, I mean, if you got a gunshot wound, uh, I'm sure they let you in, but you know, well, they, they I think fifteen will determine if you need an ambulance. Will determine mm-hmm. what code you need to to have access to emerge. Like if your case is serious enough to go to emerge. But I'm just wondering if you do, if you're just so debilitated, like what if somebody brings in somebody unconscious, you know, uh, you know, anyway. Um, so, uh, but the, you know, the bright side of it is within seconds, you're talking to a doctor, he's diagnosing your situation as mm-hmm. opposed to checking into emergency, like in Canada. Or a and, hangnail. And no, 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 that's not what I meant. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but. No, no, as opposed to checking in and you're talking to the reception at emergency who's in triage and she's determining or he's determining as opposed now you're talking to a doctor on the phone. So mm-hmm. the doctor is, di- you know, half diagnosing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there may be an advantage to that, to the dialing well, 15. Well, I, I think it eliminates a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, non-emergency cases that are clogging up the 
emergency rooms. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think th there is a benefit there. Yeah. So all in all, things are good. I'm slowly on the mend and uh, let's just let's just, you know, but here it is. The two holidays that I was on <laughs> ruined. I think the key I, is not to take any holidays. I, you know, I sit here all winter long. Do, 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 waiting for, you know, the, the perfect health, and then wham, wham. Oh, you think that was funny, eh, on the boat, Jeff? Here's a little more. <laughs> All right. Anyway, hey, happy birthday to uh, your, your France. It's uh, Today is the, is the 14th of July. 14th of July, which is Bastille Day, not Bastide Day, Bastille. Like as in, uh, you know, attacking the... Storming, storming the, Bastille, the Bastille, which was the prison... This was back in Louis the Sixteenth day. You know, mm. he was all posh. He and Marie Antoinette were, you know, rich and dining on caviar mm -hmm. while the population was starving. And then there was this re revolt in 1789. They stormed the Bastille, and they got rid of of, of the royalty and started implementing democracy. And that was the begin beginning of the France we know today. Mm. And. Uh... How many? Do you know how many? How many years the uh, the birthday is? How many? Well, it, it, it the Bastille storming was seventeen eighty nine. I think they started celebrating in seventeen eighty. So you do the math. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to pull out the calculator. Uh, so uh, sorry, what did you say? You said seventeen eighty. Seventeen eighty. Well, no, we'd start with twenty twenty three. Uh-huh. Minus uh -huh. 1780. So France is 243 years old. Yes, and it's in its current political state. Yeah, I guess. Right. Because it's way older. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, but this is, yeah, the 243rd time they've acknowledged Bastille Day. That Bastille Day, yeah. What did I say? I thought, oh. Bastille Day. That's right. That's yeah. good. Bestie okay. day. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Uh, so and there's tons of stuff that goes on. Every commune has, you know, parties, fireworks. Um, the fire stations open up and have you know uh, open houses, and it's just a big celebration of you know um, living in a free country. And are there going to be fireworks tonight? We can expect. Yes. Probably. All, yes. All around. Although in some communes they are not doing it because there's. There's, fire restrictions. Yeah, fire yeah. restrictions. And also some communes were pretty damaged um, with some of the protests. Yeah. So they're, they're keeping their partying pretty quiet. You know, I'm putting in a vote for uh, these drone shows. Uh, first of all, they don't scare the bejeez out of the dogs. Like I'm, I'm, I'm anti-fireworks now. Okay. Be because of what it does to the dogs. And they're also not, not green. No, they're not green, and I know they make a noise, and I know they're beautiful, and, I, you know, you see the ones, good Lord, the ones they do for uh, America are just insanity. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's like there's a war going on, but, uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the dogs in, in that atmosphere, I've seen them, and they're just shaking, and people have to put their blankets on the dogs, and, yeah. and then, have you seen some of these drone shows? They are amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, like they had a drone show of a flag waving in the sky, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I'm all for the drone shows. Yep. Yeah, I think I think it's it's much um, more friendly for the environment, less scary. Um, but there will be a big fireworks show at the Eiffel Tower tonight, mm -hmm. 11 p.m. Be there. <laughs> Bonne fête nationale, France.
Well, it's been a while since we've had a guest on the podcast, and I alluded to it last week on Chapter 74, that my brother was coming to town, and he is here. We would like to introduce you to my brother, John. Well, hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jeff and Julie. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And also, I'd like to thank you for your hospitality here, your gracious hospitality at your beautiful home in France. Oh, thank you. It's, such, it's been such a pleasure having you with us. And it's given me an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better and also to see the major differences between the two brothers. Well, we don't have to. I don't know. Major. I don't, I don't know. Do we really have to get it? Do you know? I know who got the easygoing gene. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's nice. It's not you, Jeff. Okay. Well, sorry. Yeah. So, John, it's been a delight. Your Tell, loss. Could, could you give me your impressions of, of this area of France in general? Oh, this area is extraordinaire. <laughs> no, I mean, it's beautiful. It's stunning. Um, the view is unbelievable, and uh, and it just keeps happening. The uh, <laughs> a, You know, a similar view. Uh, when you drive around here, there are these valleys that keep popping up, and the views are just stunning. And then also the the villages, towns around here are really, really special. You and I um, took a walk uh, Jeff wasn't feeling really great, and uh, you and I took a walk up to the Bastide uh, village of Pendagenet, and uh, I, I, I think you got a really good sense of, you know, medieval towns and, and mm-hmm. you know, the history that's associated with, with these old villages. And, uh, you know, we ended up having some really good meals as well. Yeah, beautiful meals, and then and also just the... the the foliage and the beautiful flowers everywhere. It's its really gorgeous. Yeah, we, we had an interesting drive uh, today, this your, being your final full day here, uh, from uh, north from Villeneuve-sur-Lot to uh, Montflanquin, where we just stopped. We figured it, we would continue to go for lunch, but we needed to stop there to just uh, have you check out that uh, beautiful village. What did you think of uh, Montflanquin? Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Everywhere you turn, it's it's beautiful. Um, but I mean, especially in these uh, these Bastille villages. That, Bastide? Bastide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, villages. Uh, we're, we're not storming the Bastille. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> forgive me. There'll be no storming. Yeah, they're just fortified <laughs> villages that were, you know, put in place you yeah. know, 800 years ago uh, to protect the citizens. So, yeah. Right, right. Uh, but they're all on hills, and mm. so that means they have these incredible views, and, uh, yeah. but they're, they're also just stunning, beautiful villages in and of themselves. And the slopes that, the, the, as they go up the hill, the, that's where everything is constructed. So it, it's really cool. It's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah. How, how this was all done. When there was no machinery, everything was like a horse pulling no a horse. No electricity. Right, and narrow little cobblestone streets and <laughs> and passageways, corridors, where you can just imagine people having walked there for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's really eye opening and. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and then we we went on to lunch in Isijac, which is in a different um uh, department than ours. It's in La. 
Dordogne. You're sure you don't want me to pronounce I that? I would love for you to pronounce it. Because you get it all I, wrong oh. you, with your French. Yeah. It's actually oh. uh, pronounced Dordogne. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a great meal at the Le Bouchon Medieval. And uh, after lunch, we all went for a wine tasting. Yeah, we went for a couple actually, and uh, that I know you're, you you don't consider yourself an aficionado or anything, John. But nowhere near. No, but uh, you know what? It and I think you appreciated going to two different places uh, to get a, a sense of how similar wines from terroirs that are within two or three kilometers of one another can taste. I'm starting to, I think, get a sense of that. Uh, yeah, the, going to the two places helped in that respect for sure. Yeah, like the, the the first one was a much more commercial, a much bigger operation. They have three different terroirs, different selections of wines, and and I think we felt like that was, um, you know, uh, they were more impactful wines, not necessarily. Um, didn't lend themselves to our palate per se, but then we went to a much smaller one that we'll describe a little bit later, and uh, and that was a home run. Mm-hmm. I, I just and and haven't we been almost drawn to these tiny uh, vineyards, uh, vineyards, and 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 just love them. I don't know what it is. Uh, the the first one we went to was yeah, it was a little more commercial, and I I don't know. I just didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't. Hit with me. Well, it didn't have the same charm, you know. And the, the second one, you you actually have the owner mm-hmm. of of the vineyard that's explaining, you know, the the wines and the mm-hmm. characteristics, and and uh, I think that gives it a little bit more uh, charm, a little bit more depth. And and you know, the one of the dogs is there, just laying by her feet, mm-hmm. which is really sweet. Yeah, folksier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we also mentioned uh, on last week's show that this is John's first excursion off of the continent of North America. And uh, John, uh, when you landed in Paris, that was your first exposure uh, to the continent of Europe. Uh, What were your thoughts there? I know I was kind of bedridden the entire time we were in Paris, which was kind of unfortunate, but you, uh, you know, just picked up and and were able to... Because he rolls with the punches. He does roll, (laughs) you know, just like the Mm -hmm. whole family just kind of rolls with the punches. Not the whole family. (laughs) Well, most of them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, well, sure. Uh, I mean, I could talk for a long time about my experiences. I mean, I did almost sort of get scammed at the air i mean not that i almost fell for it but they tried to sort of scam me at the airport i don't know if you want me to talk about yeah that. That, i think this is really bizarre i don't know this story no you don't yeah uh so i was uh, just just to to go to the to the cabs um i you know i found where the where the taxis are but then before you get there there were there were a handful of people you know saying like taxi and then and then they would uh well i talked to one for for a couple minutes and and he said it would be 155 euro 150 the hotel yeah to go to the hotel in paris and and i i you know had done a little research and and known that it was not going to be that much so i just kept going um but there were other people doing the the same thing trying to kind kind of prevent or intercept you before you actually make it to the to the taxis uh, to the real taxis. Uh, yeah when i made it to just a taxi you know the, then the guy he opened the trunk and he's ready to put my bag in i'm like hold on you know we need to agree on a price and he's he said 62 euros and i'm like all right let's go so can you believe that julie wow 
So, so these are not certified taxi cab drivers. No, and they roam in front of the taxis, as John, John picked the perfect word, intercept, to mm. try and intercept people. So this is a good lesson. If you are flying into Paris, and this is really common, you're taking a cab to the airport, or to, sorry, to your hotel, and someone comes up taxi, well, naturally you're going to think, oh, okay, this is part of the deal. Mm. But but these these guys are, are out to make a major buck here. It was really similar to what I experienced in Mexico, so in, at the airport there. Now, I think you just have to be, as a traveler, you mm-hmm. always have to be aware. Be on aware, your toes. Yeah, of your environment, of your possessions. Um, make sure you're talking to the right people, the certified people. But anyway, once we got to the hotel and we were out uh, exploring, we were we did manage to get to a couple of restaurants before I sort of took ill. And then John, um, you did a lot of traveling on your own. You went to the Eiffel Tower by yourself and 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 did a lot of walking around. What were your thoughts of the beautiful architecture of Paris? Yeah, well, the architecture's gorgeous and it's everywhere you turn everywhere you look and then you know going to the eiffel tower really cements it in uh that this is how it is you know not just on a a few uh square blocks you know it's it's the whole city (laughs) uh because you you know i mean it's it's all consistent um everywhere you look 360 degrees um you can see in the distance uh, there's a skyline uh, but that seems to have been planned, uh, with, like with, with, uh, high rises, but that seems to have been planned to be put in a certain place. And otherwise everything is, is, uh, consistent with, with this beautiful older architecture. Yeah. There are some restrictions. I don't think you can build anything in, in the older sections taller than six stories. I think that's six stories. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I don't know, but it just feels kind of like six stories as yeah. you're walking around. Yeah. Um, so the the French, especially in Paris, um, have have had a pretty nasty reputation um, from a North American point of view. Um, John, can can you confirm whether or not that reputation is justified? Well, um, only once when when uh, someone splashed me with with uh, <laughs> yeah, but with that was that cola. was that was a crazy that was a crazy person. person. Yeah, yeah, and I walked past and made eye contact and. Boom! I was splashed with with yeah, I think it was Coke. Don't make eye contact. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, but, but aside uh, which... from that crazy fella who was probably on some kind of op- opioid, who uh, how were the the French in general? Yes. Aside from him, the French have been wonderful. Uh, you know, and they, I I'm not I don't speak French, and so they have every reason you know to be maybe perturbed with me if I am asking for directions or or whatever, and. Uh, They've been super helpful. Um, you know, once when it was Jeff and I asking for directions, you know, the the gentleman pulled out his phone and you know did did a search for us and oh, and uh, the people have time for you and and they seem very sincere, relaxed yes. and uh, and sincere. Yes, and you you definitely notice the bonjour effect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Everybody definitely. acknowledges one another. Yeah, absolutely. People seem to have a little more time. Uh, for you. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Refreshing. So, Johnny, I know uh, vacation time is dear to you and, uh, and your beautiful wife, Julia, but uh, is this something that you think uh, you could revisit uh, along with Julia someday in the future? Yeah, well, I do. I, you know, I, I see the draw, definitely. You know, it's, it's uh, and, and 
for France and and it makes me realize that that uh, you know probably throughout Europe it's it's mm -hmm. you know very stunning in many many places and, and lots of lots of things to discover different lifestyles different cultures different languages mm -hmm. different different architecture um it's it's just uh it 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 never ends in terms of the different things that you can see and learn yeah i i, I see that here for sure and and uh you know so obviously that's that must be the case in in several other countries around here absolutely well john you have been an absolute model guest and uh i, I know the the trip sort of started off rough uh, from my side of things but i wanted to thank you for rolling with the punches as you are so uh, good at and uh finding uh, some fun and uh, adventure in Paris alone because <laughs> you were literally alone for a while. Uh, but uh, we, we just loved having you here and we uh, really hope that, uh, you know, a return is in the cards. Yeah, well, uh, me too. Uh, you know, that, that's, that may very well be in the cards. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. It's been... Uh, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure, John. You're just, you're a peach. You're easy going. Uh, okay, I think you know. I think we've covered that. Did I drive that uh, point home? Pride enough? in being uh -huh. a peach. So you're yeah. a peach. I think yeah. We I think we've covered that. <laughs> the easygoing okay. stuff. Well, you're <laughs> you're you're bienvenue anytime. <laughs> Thank you very much. Merci. <laughs> and that brings me to the French phrase of the day. All right. It's short, and it's easy. Oh, my my nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Voici. Okay, here we go. Un frère est un ami donné par la nature. Ah, OK. Uh. Un frère est un ami donné par la nature. The donné kind of throws me. I know what it means because I think the rest of it is uh, a brother is a friend by nature. Given, donné. Given by nature. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's great, yeah. A brother is a friend given by, by nature. Oh, that's, yeah, I that's see what sweet. you mean. As opposed to you, you meet a friend and you meet somebody, they become a friend. Mm -hmm. your, your brother is your friend that has been offered up by the gods. There you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was great hearing from John a second ago, and um, it was really great spending time with him and... Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's even difficult for us to make phone calls because of the time. We're, we're eight hours apart, which is right. such a kick in the pants. But because uh, he lives in Alberta and, um, you know, we're here. And so it's really every two or three years at best that we get together. Oh, so, so nice uh, to catch up. Really nice. So that was really nice and a very nice French phrase of the day. Well, with all this uh, talk on most beautiful villages, maybe we will try and fit another one in on next week's podcast. Sounds great, because we've learned that there are a lot of them around us. <laughs> they are everywhere. All right, have a great week. We'll see you for Chapter 76. A bientôt. Au revoir.